wandering through my Instagram feed. Yes, I have an Instagram feed, but it is personal and I do not involve it in my podcast. Um, I was wandering through my Instagram feed and I saw the Cato Institute was celebrating Pride Month just as vociferously and insanely as the left. The Cato Institute, for those of you who do not know, is a so-called libertarian think tank. Libertarianism is, again, for those of you who don't know, a political philosophy that basically states that people should be left complete. They are truly... uh, potentially what one could consider far right. They they believe that in such li- limited government that people should be allowed to do basically whatever they want um, as long as it does not violate anybody else's individual rights. The problem with this concept is that you can't do whatever you want and not harm somebody else. You see, what libertarianism is, it, it is, it's a bastardization of what we would consider conservatism in that uh, it has no recognition of objective moral values. So, they believe that, you know, you should be able to do all the drugs that you want to do as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else around you. They believe that you should be able to, uh, again, have uh, sex with anybody you want to as long as it doesn't hurt those around you. But the only thing is you can't do any of those things without hurting those around you. It's not possible. This rejection of objective right and objective wrong is going to be the cause of the downfall of the United States. I've mentioned how I think that the national divorce is going to play out, but it is absolutely going to happen. I I can guarantee it at this point that the national divorce is absolutely 100% going to happen, barring some kind of miracle. One of the people from the Cato Institute came back at a comment that I had made on this, and, uh, and two of them, actually, uh, and, and they said how they don't believe in God and they don't believe in the Bible, etc., etc., and I pointed out, I said, you know, a lack of belief in God is very convenient because it enables a lack of belief in moral objectivity. And a lack of belief in moral objectivity means that pretty much anything goes as long as you are able to rationalize it to the rest of your uh, society. Okay, this person actually mentioned a civil society. It is not a civil society when you don't have any actual objective morality. It's not a civil society anymore. It's a whatever-we-can-get-away-with society. To the point where what happens is enough rationalization of immorality occurs that a certain group of people or a certain person manages to gain complete and total political power over the others, at which point it no longer becomes a question of who can rationalize immorality the best. It becomes a question of who is capable of enforcing it on everybody else. That is what we are currently seeing in the federal government of the United States. The United States allowed the left to get rid of God. The Christians in the United States sat back and did nothing 
while the left advance their agenda through every branch of government to the point where now we have an entirely criminal federal government. The federal government is no longer functional. We do not have a federal government in the United States anymore. The federal government is now a criminal organization. They have absolutely no allegiance to we the people. They have no interest or allegiance to the Constitution of the United States. That is a fact. Because of this, now, because of the federal system, we have certain states that are still aligned to the Constitution of the United States, certain state governments that are still aligned to the Constitution of the United States and their own state constitutions. And I'm not going to say that they are aligned with God, because they're not. They just understand that a civil society needs laws that are based on a supposed objective morality, and the objective morality that they have decided to stick with is that which is loosely based on Christianity. But they have no real allegiance to God. We'll get back to that in a minute. But the blue states and the federal government have completely gotten rid of God. They've gotten rid of law They've gotten rid of objective morality entirely, such that the lawless people no longer fear good. They no longer fear judgment. They no longer fear justice. Because there is no justice. The only way, the only way, Understand this. I am I'm repeating this because it is extraordinarily important. The only way the entire United States will be saved is if true justice is restored. True justice that is based on true objective morality. That is the only way this is going to happen. The United States is going to be saved. And that that justice is carried out. Those people who are committing crimes in our streets, those people, more importantly, who are committing crimes in our government, must be held to account 100% held to the law as it is written, as it is intended. Blind justice. They must be sent to prison. In my opinion, the actual severity of the, the actual consequences, the severity of the punishments, should be much worse. But the people of the United States don't want to hear that. They don't have the stomach for it. Because the people of the United States do not have the stomach for actual execution of justice against those who are criminally liable, the United States is going to split up. It is going to happen. Now, the way it's going to happen is that the red states and blue states are going to separate. And I believe that the 2024 election is going to be one of the, if not the, final straws that break the camel's back on this. The 2024 election is going to be even more corrupt and even more rigged and even more obviously so, unapologetically so, than the 2020 elections were. Why? Because 
the federal government has nothing to fear. Evil has nothing to fear in this country anymore. Look at the look at the the uh, the videos of the the pride parade that went on in New York City. Naked people dancing around down the street, flaunting themselves in front of children, chanting, "We are coming for your children." Actually saying this, they have no fear at all of people, of good anymore. Evil is dancing in the streets. It is very much like the Bible says that it'll be easier on Sodom and Gomorrah than it will for our nation. Our nation is going to split into two, at least two. The blue states, it's going to be very much like ancient Israel, where Israel split up into Israel in the north and Judah in the south. There is going to be one completely and totally corrupt, evil country. And then there is going to be one country that is slightly less so. The one completely corrupt and evil company or country is going to collapse fairly quickly. And then the one that is not as corrupt is going to limp on for a while. Those country or those states, however the thing is going to split up, that are more aligned with biblical godly morality are going to last longer. Those that are more aligned with libertarianism are going to fall faster. That's just the way it's going to work out. This I can guarantee. This I can guarantee with 100% certainty, barring some kind of miracle. And that some kind of miracle is that the people of the United States get up the stomach and the guts to do what needs to be done to the criminals who are currently running our various state and federal governments. These people have to be held to account. The original founders of the United States wrote in our Declaration of Independence that when a nation, a government, becomes destructive of the individual rights of the people, it is the right of the people to overthrow or change that government. So far, I have not seen that kind of resolve in the people of the United States. Rather, currently, the people of the United States, while they are annoyed and irritated at what is going on, they still haven't done what needs to be done to change it. What we are now seeing is we're seeing breakdowns in the justice system in various blue states where the people are taking justice into their own hands where they think they can get away with it. These are the beginnings of a civil war. And I believe that the national divorce by necessity is going to have violence. Not in the red states so much. There will be little flashes in the red states, but you're going to see violence from the left in places where they think they'll be able to get away with it without any retribution. You see, and, and this is my final point, this is why people hate God. This is why people choose to say that they don't believe in God. They're okay with the, with the loving God. They like that God. They like the Jesus of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to a certain extent. They like that part. What they don't like about God is judgment. What they don't like about God is justice. What they don't like about God is the juxtaposition between them and what is perfect and pure. You want to see an excellent example of that? Go look at, go look at the story of Cain and Abel. The reason Cain killed Abel was because he was constantly reminded of how imperfect, how unacceptable he was 
to God. And God even told him before the murder, look, all you've got to do is do the right thing. If you do the right thing, you'll be accepted. But he didn't want to do the right thing. He wanted to do his own thing. And because he wanted to do his own thing, it was his choice to be permanently separated from God. His choice. What is happening to our country is our choice. What ultimately happens to you personally, your soul, is your choice. It's not the choice of God. It's your choice. And again, what we're seeing happen to this country is our choice. Yes, the United States is going to split up. It's absolutely 100% going to happen, barring, barring some kind of miracle. And that miracle is God. That miracle is objective morality. That, more to the point, miracle is the execution of justice. Blind justice. And I just don't see that happening. It's time for a little socio-political update. It's been a while. It's been a while. I've uh, been concentrating mostly in my podcast on the uh, assault on Christianity by the Pride Movement, or how the Pride Movement is the tip of the spear uh, for the woke cult uh, against Christianity. But we do need to look at some other stuff because we need to understand that we are winning. We are absolutely winning. So let's take a look. I got uh, some headlines here. This is just a smattering, just five headlines, just from today. Five headlines uh, that are indicative of how the woke cult, how leftism, how globalism, how socialism, whatever ism you want to call it, is failing in the United States. It's failing all over the world. But one of the last bastions is the United States. I really think that the last bastion of globalism is going to be Europe. Primarily because that's where the World Economic Forum is located and... Uh, they're just not where we're at. Europe is a truly post-Christian uh, society, whereas the United States is a lot less so. The, the uh, anti-Christianity in the United States has been foisted upon it. It has been forced on it primarily by judicial fiat and by the, uh, by the, by the media, by the globalist leftist media. So the, the, the wokeism, the globalism, the socialism, all of that in the United States is artificial artificially induced and and this goes back to something that I heard many 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 years ago um, you cannot force an alien form of government an alien form of culture on another culture in the United States from its very beginning has been a nation of rebels. We will not be ruled. That's, that's just who we are. Okay? From, that's in our DNA. Now, granted, some, a lot of what happened culturally and historically in the United States is once the United States got prosperous and was doing well, you had those people who were riding the coattails of the success of our rugged individualism, 
and have constantly been trying to twist our society, our culture, our government, such that they, who do not contribute to our rugged individualism, might might feed off of it like parasites. And that's what the left is. That's what royals are. That's what the this permanent political class of criminals that we have in Washington, D.C. are. They are parasites. They are parasites who feed off of the rugged individualism, the industrialism of we, the people of the United States. And unfortunately, they are dug in thicker or tighter than fleas on a hound dog, uh, to put it more in uh, Texas terms. But as I have stated many times, the goings-on in popular culture, the changes that occur in popular culture, precede the inevitable changes that will occur politically. And in popular culture, there is no question. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I remember this. I said, I predicted that this was going to happen, and it's happening. That this particular so-called Pride Month was going to be the D-Day on the war against wokeness. We have taken the beach and we are moving in against them and we are going to take our culture back. And after we take our culture back, we are going to take our country back. What form that is going to take, I don't know. We'll talk about that in another episode. But for sure, we are taking our culture back. It is like Thanos inevitable. Let's take a look at some of these headlines real quick. First one, love this. Absolutely love this. This is from Breitbart, and it starts with a quote, USA are my pronouns, end quote. Middle schoolers rebel against Pride Month indoctrination. And that's what it is, folks. It is indoctrination. This is not education. It has nothing to do with education. This has to do with recruiting. This has to do with grooming. And the kids are fighting back. The parents have been fighting back in the school board rooms in the school board meetings, kids are fighting back, too. Adults in a Burlington, Massachusetts community are calling for action in response to middle school children tearing down pride banners and chanting, USA are my pronouns. The principal of the school reacted to the student's choice of rebelling against Pride Month by saying when one individual or group of individuals' beliefs and actions result in the demeaning of another individual or group, it is completely unacceptable. Yeah, as long as it's going against you. You see, Pride Month, the entire Pride movement, is in direct opposition, in direct hatred of Christianity and of Christians. And ladies and gentlemen, 70-some-odd percent of the United States at least identifies as Christian. 1 to 1.5 percent of the United States identify as Muslim. Both of these religions 
are opposed to the entire pride movement. Now, because we're in the United States, if you want to be part of the pride movement, that's fine, but you do not get to force it down our throats. Whatever you do in the bedroom should stay in your bedroom. It has no business being played out on the streets of the United States of America in public. No business. It is offensive. It's offensive to us. It is offensive to Christians. It is offensive to... Hell, it's even offensive to a lot of atheists out there. And you sure as hell... Don't get to target our children with it. And now our children are fighting back. We are rebels, ladies and gentlemen. We Americans are rebels. It is in our DNA. Next. Houston, or yes, Houston, report. Major League Baseball quietly tells teams to ditch pride uniforms. This is also from Breitbart. Major League Baseball has quietly told teams that they can stop forcing players to wear uniforms and hats adorned with gay pride rainbow colors during their pride night games. The decision comes as the L.A. Dodgers are taking major heat for inviting the radical anti-Catholic hate group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, to its gay pride night game on June 16th. And also, as several major corporations, including Bud Light and Target, are facing serious economic losses thanks to their wild-eyed support of the far-left pride agenda. Folks, in just the past, I think it's six weeks, just the past six weeks, I think it is, the... Uh, the, the backlash against the pride movement has been responsible for the loss of over $50 billion in market capitalization for those corporations who indulged in it. And here we have these corporations backing down. They are failing massive. $50 billion in six weeks because we the people rose up. Because we the people started voting with our dollars. When you have companies as huge as and as seemingly too big to fail as Major League Baseball backing down, we are winning, folks. Next, as if it wasn't bad enough for the left that Major League Baseball, a massive multi-billion dollar corporation backing down, what do we have? Starbucks. Starbucks, this is also from Breitbart, Starbucks pulls back from trans diversity advocacy. As a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, Starbucks has ordered, ordered the removal of pride paraphernalia and decorations and items for sale from all of their stores, including their unionized stores, which usually have to go through a vote of the employees before such a decision is made. This is how scared they are of us. Multiple media reports say corporate executives, including at Starbucks, are reducing their chatter and advocacy on green Green and social initiatives, they're going across the board, backing down from all woke initiatives here, amid the Target and Bud Light stock market disasters. On June 13th, NBC News reported that gay and transgender employees at Starbucks protested 
when the company executives told the outlets to reduce the in-store displays for transgenderism and gay status. Company executives are trying to bump up the company's stock value. Next one. This from the Gateway Pundit. Excuse me, I have to fix this real quick. There we go. This from the Gateway Pundit. Southern California, Orange County, bans pride flags from being flown on county properties. Southern California. Don't tell me we are not winning. California, the Orange County Board of Supervisors voted to ban pride flags from being flown outside county property, including public parks. The motion passed by a slim margin of 3-2 to two with supervisors Vincente Sarmiento and Caterina Foley being the two dissenters. Republican Vice Chairman Andrew Doe, uh, um, Doe or Dow, uh, introduced the bill to stop divisive flags from being flown on county property, the Los Angeles Times reported. Ladies and gentlemen, we are winning in Southern California. And this just thrown in uh, as a little cherry on top here, also from the Gateway Pundit. And... This, this, it, Demi Lovato, former Disney star Demi Lovato uses she, her pronouns again as she got tired of using they, them pronouns. Quote, it was absolutely exhausting. I want to point this out. She did this quite a few months back. She announced this quite a few months back that she was no longer going to be non binary, uh, LGBTQ, EIEIO, LMNOP, MOUSE anymore. Um, she's, I guess, reannouncing this to try to, um, I guess, reinvigorate her brand because the fact of the matter is, and I hate to say, ladies and gentlemen, I don't wish failure on anybody. I don't wish, I don't wish bad things on anybody. Okay. You know, I see people like Demi Lovato and it breaks my heart. I see people like all of these trans folks knowing that that all of this is they have been led astray. You know, the the difference is that they just bought into it, you know. They just gave into it, you know, in a lot of cases they just gave themselves entirely to this unrealistic fantasy concept. And this is what happened to Demi Lovato. I, I, I don't want her career hurting or anything like that. And, and I hope that she can come back uh, and, and become successful. I want everybody to be successful in, in, in whatever they do, uh, as long as they are being honest and true to their purpose, the purpose for which they were designed. And so, it, but I got to say, Demi Lovato is not what one would call uh um she's not a a a big deal anymore hasn't been for a while I think the reason that she initially bought into the whole uh you know LGBTQ EIEIO MOUSE thing is to to kind of jumpstart her career again. And then, you know, just several months ago, she came out and said that she wasn't doing that anymore. Uh, again, I think in an attempt to reinvigorate her career, and now she's reannouncing that she's not that anymore and reinvigorating her career. But I need to point out, just using her as a foil, there's nothing personal against her. But this is just to anybody out there who involved themselves in this gender-bending garbage, we don't care what your pronouns are. We, the sane, rational people, 
of the United States, of the world. We do not care what your pronouns are. We are not responsible for indulging your delusions. We are not responsible to make you, the special little snowflake that you are, feel more comfortable about yourself. That is not our job. If you want to feel, if anybody out there wants to feel more comfortable about who they are than what they need to do is get in touch with the purpose for which God designed them. The further outside of God's design you choose to live, the further opposed to reality you choose to live your life, you are going to damage yourself and the people around you. And when she says it was absolutely exhausting, of course it was absolutely exhausting. You were trying to swim up a waterfall. And at the same time, by opposing reality, anytime you live opposed to reality, anytime you live opposed to reality, whether you are uh, an addict or, or whether you're, whatever you're addicted to, alcohol, drugs, whatever, and you, and you try to convince yourself that everything's okay and this is normal, you are living opposed to reality and you are damaging yourself and you are damaging the people around you. And when you are living as if you don't have a agenda, or I, I'm sorry, when you are living as if you do not have a gender that you clearly do, you're swimming up a waterfall, especially when you are trying to drag other people with you by forcing them to indulge in your delusion. Of course it's exhausting, and nobody cares what your pronouns are. Just be you. All you gotta be is you. All you gotta be is the you that God designed you to be, and you will be happy. Or at least you won't be trying to swim up a waterfall. Ladies and gentlemen, we're winning. There's absolutely no question about that. We are winning the culture war. And that is one of the things that the politicians are afraid of because they know. They know that what happens in pop culture precedes what is going to happen in politics. They know they're losing the country. They are desperately trying to hold on to it. They fixed a presidential election to do it. And they are desperately trying to fix other elections to do it and have fixed other elections to do it. But they cannot hold on forever, folks. They cannot hold on forever. I've talked before about the false Christ that the pride movement is trying to portray a Christ that is accepting, inclusive, that Christ does not exist. And I have pointed out that if you go into the scriptures and look for the terms that are associated with Christ, of all of the terms associated with him, you will never find accepting, inclusive, or tolerant. Nowhere. Jesus was not accepting, inclusive, or tolerant. He actually began his ministry with the word repent. Now, the pride community are not the only people who are pushing this false Christ, there are mega churches. There are churches out there, pastors, so-called Christian pastors, who are out there preaching similar stuff. Some of them are outright preaching the same stuff as the pride community. But there are others who are 
uh, not so much preaching the same stuff, but still kind of preaching the same stuff. These are pastors who are interested in nickels and noses, as we put it in the uh, uh, in the ministry. They're counting nickels and noses. You want a lot of you want a lot of butts in the seats, and you want a lot of dollars coming along with those butts is basically what they're looking for. I would like to caution them. A couple of things. For those ministers who are doing this with the best of intentions, and that's typically how it starts, with the best of intentions. For those of you who are doing it with the best of intentions, in order to bring in more people to the uh, to Christ. We're trying to win more people to Christ. So we're trying to present a uh, we're trying to present the gospel in a way that is more power uh, palatable to more people, a more positive message, a more motivational message. Again, so it's more palatable to a broader range of people. I want to point out a couple of things. If you are watering down your gospel, if you are sugarcoating your gospel, then you are changing the gospel. If you are hiding the points of the gospel that people might balk at, then you are changing that gospel. If you are changing the gospel, if people are being won for Christ based on a gospel that is not real, what is going to happen is that those people are not really going to be saved. They're buying a pig in a poke, as it were. Because you're not giving them the whole story. And when they find out the whole story, when they find out the parts that they would have balked at originally, they are going to walk away. And this has been happening for a long time, folks. This goes back to how there's a great debate uh, among a lot of theologians as far as whether people can lose their salvation. And there's one pastor out there who I typically agree with, but I disagree with on this point, because he says that people can be saved, but then they can walk away from their faith and, and lose their salvation that way. And I disagree. If people walk away from the gospel, if people walk away from Christ then they were not saved in the first place. And the reason that they were not saved in the first place is because they did not understand the gospel that was presented to them in the first place, or they were not taught the gospel correctly in the first place. This from Matthew 23. Matthew 23, 15. And this I'm telling to all of those pastors out there preaching their watered-down gospel, their sugar-coated Christ. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you travel around on sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. That is what you are doing, chasing people down and preaching a gospel that doesn't exist. That's what the Pharisees were doing. They were doing it so that they could get numbers 
And that's what you're doing. If you're doing that at your church, you're wrong. You are way, way wrong. And I'll tell you this too. I'll tell you this too. That whole congregation that you've got in there, when the rapture hits, they're still going to be there. And maybe you will too. Because maybe you were brought in believing a false gospel as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want a real gospel, if you want the gospel that was really preached, it's there in the Bible for everybody to see. Don't just rely on some guy standing up behind a pulpit telling you what it says. You need to read it for yourself. Paul says this. You need to read this stuff for yourself. You need to study it. Don't just read it. Study it. Find out why it says what it says, what it means. What was the cultural background of the time? What was the political background of the time? Why did this guy say what he said when he said it? Who was he saying it to? This is important stuff so that you have context, so that you understand what was being said. Paul praised the Bereans. The Bereans were a group of Jews that he went to after, I think it was Thessalonica, when he was kicked out of Thessalonica. And he goes, and he was actually running from them because they were chasing him down. And he goes down this side road and finds the Bereans and he preaches in their synagogue. And the Bereans actually looked into the scriptures. They verified what he was saying against what was in the scriptures. And they found out that it was true. And he praises them later. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. Just because you've got some guy up there with a man bun and skinny jeans and a bunch of musicians behind him playing great music and putting on a great show with a bunch of lights and stuff like that doesn't mean that he's qualified to tell you what he is telling you. And it doesn't mean he's telling you the truth whether he's qualified or not. And let me tell you what the qualifications are, folks, for somebody who's preaching the gospel. Here's the qualifications. You ready? If they're telling you what's actually in there, that's your qualifications. If they're telling you what's actually in the Bible, not changing a single word, Jesus himself said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And I tell you this, not a single letter... Not a single dot is going to be changed in the law. Not a single bit. That's your qualifications right there. Are they preaching the gospel of Christ? If they are, they're good to go. If they are not, they are not good to go and you need to stop listening to them. Okay? Those are the qualifications. That's it. That's all. Nothing else. Don't have to go to a fancy seminary. Don't have to be of a particular church. Those are the things. And you yourself, as a Christian, don't know if you know this, but you yourself, as a Christian, are a priest. Says it right there. Also in the Bible, we are a kingdom of priests. We are to be studying the Bible. We are to be preaching the gospel to everybody else around us. And if you ain't doing that, folks, you're wrong. If you're just showing up to church and singing your songs and tithing your tithes and then going home and not preaching the gospel and not living the gospel, you're wrong. I'm just telling you, folks. But you're not as wrong as somebody who's preaching the gospel wrong. You're not as wrong as somebody who's sugarcoating it and watering it down. Just so that they can get more butts in seats. And more dollars in the plate. Well, folks, the assault on Christianity continues. It was spearheaded by the pride community by the Pride Movement, and now it is followed up by the World Economic Forum. World Economic Forum is planning on rewriting Scripture with 
artificial intelligence so that the scriptures will be more correct in their opinion and creating more inclusive religion, a one-world religion. Take a look. World Economic Forum wants AI to rewrite the Bible and create correct religions. Yuval Noah Harari, the senior advisor to the World Economic Forum, argued that unified, quote, religions that are actually correct, end quote, will be created if AI will replace scriptures. Harari, who also happens to be an author and professor, made this call while giving a talk on the, quote, future of humanity, end quote. He added that the power of AI can be harnessed and used to reshape spirituality into the World Economic Forum's globalist idea of equity and inclusivism. They're not even hiding this, folks. And the World Economic Forum hasn't been hiding this. They've written books on the subject. They want to create a one-world government. Now they're talking about creating a one-world religion that is created by a one-world God. And that God is AI. Is this starting to sound familiar? Any of those of you who have actually read Revelation? Revelation talks about this exact kind of thing. One-world government... Uh, one world religion, uh, a, a super intelligent, almost robotic idol type of thing. And I want to straighten something out real quick, too. For those of you who don't understand this, there is no such thing as artificial intelligence. These computers are not alive. They are incapable of independent thought. They, are, they do what computers do. These are just computers that have access to an enormous amount of information and are capable of accessing it very quickly. That's all they are. And just like any other computer, the computer is going to do what it's told to do, what it is programmed to do. It's already been proven. You can look this up. It has already been proven that various different artificial intelligences that have been uh, released so far to the public can have and do have biases. They can be programmed with biases. Biases that have nothing to do with reality, nothing to do with intelligence. These computers and so forth are no more intelligent than any other computers out there, and they're certainly no more intelligent than a human being. They are not capable of... They don't have souls. They are not capable of thought. Okay, but just like it says in Revelation, uh, if it were possible, even the elect will be fooled. Well, for a long time, folks, religion has been used to control the masses. It was Marx himself who said that religion is the opiate of the masses or the opium of the people, depending on how you want to uh, translate it. There is no difference in the meaning. Uh, however you want to translate it. And we can go back even further than that. We can go back even further than that and look at the Pharisees. And again, this has been used throughout time. From the beginning of time, from the beginning of religion, these false gods have been set up, and you had false priests to tell the people what the false gods said, and then the people would do what the false priests told them to do. All right, again, you had the Roman Catholic Church that did it for hundreds of years and is, is starting to move in that direction again, by the way, speaking of false teaching. and uh, But let's go back to the Pharisees. And the reasons that I want to go back to the Pharisees is that uh, Jesus actually taught against this practice. He taught against this practice. Let's take a real quick look at this. We're going back to Matthew chapter 23. All right. Matthew chapter 23 says, uh, starting in verse 
Now let's start in verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. They seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you to do and observe, but do not do, therefore, I'm sorry. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe. But do not do according to their deeds. For they say things and do not do them. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. For they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels, the tassels of their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. And here is very important. This is what Jesus taught. But do not be called rabbi for one with a capital O, God, is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one, capital O, is your father, capital F, he who, he, capital H, who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one, capital O, is your leader, capital L, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. See there, folks, that's Jesus speaking against religion being used to control the people. I covered this in... uh, my uh, series on Matthew that I'm doing on the podcast that uh, from the time of the last Old Testament prophet to the New Testament was about 400 years, a little over 400 years. And during that time, the Jews created a top-down system of control based on the law that God had given them. And when Jesus showed up, he started teaching against that law. Hell, when uh, John the Baptist showed up, who technically is the last Old Testament prophet, when John the Baptist showed up, he was teaching against this very thing. And Christ taught against this very thing. And if you go back all the way to Exodus When the law was originally given, God explained to the Hebrews that he was their leader, he was their king, and they were to look to him, and he was the one who was going to call the shots. And he had a system of priests and then later judges that did his work for him, that stood in the gap, as it were. And then, of course, the people asked for a king. We want somebody with skin on in Samuel. And they got a king, and things went downhill for Israel ever since. Now, the the point being that when you look to humans, to leadership, humans will always eventually lord it over you humans who are imperfect, humans who are biased, humans who have their best interests at heart. And when you look to God, the actual God, your creator, God, the one who created everything, the one who has no need for money because he created everything, he owns everything, and if he wants it, he's going to get it or he's going to make it. A God who has no need to be cruel, a God who has no need for ego, 
a God who just wants to love each individual person, each individual human, as a father does a son, and wants that love to be reciprocated as a child back to his father. He's not going to lead you astray. A God who is the law, a God who is reality, a God who cannot be wrong. And Jesus preached about that God and told people how that God is superior to the traditions of men, as he referred to what the Pharisees did, what the Pharisees had created or what had been created by the he by the Jews over 400 years. Traditions of men. And that is what the World Economic Forum is trying to recreate. That is what the Roman Catholics, the current Pope, is trying to recreate. They're trying to create this one world government. I'm sorry, this one world religion and they're going to use this one-world religion to bring people into a one-world government. I'm not saying that it's a, it's, it's a possible future. This is going to happen. Revelation states very clearly that this is going to happen. And it's, they're, trying to, they're, they're spinning it up right now. Just like the... The whole thing with the COVID and the vaccine and the vaccine passport, that was the spin-up. It, it was not the mark of the beast. It was the spin-up to the mark of the beast. It was a trial run. Same thing as what they're talking about here. Having AI, a false god, create new scriptures, a one-world religion, for the World Economic Forum, a one-world government. This is all a spin-up to what is going to happen in Revelation. I don't think it's going to happen yet. I don't think it's going to happen soon. I think we've got another 80 years tops, I'm thinking. Another 80 years tops. Could be less, possibly less, the way things are going. But that's what I think. But anyway, I want to show you, and I wanted to show you, the juxtaposition. Jesus didn't preach a religion that was to be lorded over other people. He taught the exact opposite, and I just showed you. He taught the exact opposite. For we are not to look to people to tell us the scriptures. We're to look to the scriptures that the actual God gave us. And later, in Paul's, uh, Paul's epistles, he talks about the same thing. He talks about whatever I tell you, whatever anybody tells you, check it out. Check it against the scriptures. If it doesn't match up to the scriptures, then reject it. It's garbage. For even if I or an angel from heaven comes down and preaches to you a gospel other than the one that I have taught you, let them be accursed. That's what Paul says. If I start to teach you the wrong thing from what I previously have taught you, from what you have already checked out in the scriptures, then it's fake. It's no good. It's bologna sausage. It's barbecue sauce. Don't listen to it. God gave us the scriptures. God gave us the scriptures against which we can check all of this other stuff. And if this other stuff does not line up, folks, then it ain't the real deal. Now, of course, if you're not a Christian, then it's very likely that you're going to buy into all this stuff. And if you buy into this all, you know, this stuff, you're going to get what you're going to get. Sorry, that's the way that it is. Ah. <sighs> But there's the warning in verse 12. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Keep an eye out, folks. Watch out. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button. Share this video out there. 
to all your friends, family, or people that you think it will annoy. And uh, you can get my videos on bitshoot.com, rumble.com, or odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can uh, reach me at Doc Bryant Show, one word, Doc Bryant Show at zohomail.com, Z-O-H-O-Mail.com. And you can get my podcast, uh, The Doc Bryant Show, anywhere you can get podcasts except for Apple. Uh, once again, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all later.